Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yes, another belter, a Scottish international, and the first man for Airdrie we've had on, Barry Bannon. How are you doing? No bad, sir. You? Airdrie, how good, mate? Airdrie, so didn't we watch that stuff? You might steal it. <laughs> nah, I'll be alright, I'll be alright. I'll tell you what you'd like to steal. That's Barnett. Definitely. Um, you've done it. You've, you, had it, you had it done? Nah, it's, it's no great just now, oh, is it? Oh. But I'm saying, that's getting done in the summer, isn't it? Getting done in Monday, so can't wait. I'll come out with a hairband next season. You'll be it. like, uh, you'll like be going straight in his prime. I will when I get it whipped off, but then I'll come ne- come back a bit next year. I'll be like big Charlie Mulgrew. Yeah, is that what you're going big for there? Chico, the hairband and everything, Vaseline. <laughs> right, I've got in here best player to come out here, do you agree with that? Um, I don't actually know, I think. Paul McGowan? Ah, Gowser's for there, I don't know, you want to fight me if I say I'm better than him, so I better not say Did you grow up with guys? Did he take, uh, your, dinner, take your dinner money off you? No, he was at different schools for me. I just remember playing against him in a cup final for the schools and obviously he was one of the big names he was a bit older than me as well we beat him 11-1 and you should have seen him he was going, going nuts. nuts I think he played for St Serves and I was um, Alexandra he was going mental like, what he fight everybody face beat root red Sounds like but is he growing up in Airdrie was it, was it rough because I grew up in Diggs in Airdrie and I, I used to shit myself walking about eh? uh, it w- it was but it's all I knew so I was basically used to it so I'd never really seen anything else apart from that so I thought that was normal when um, people walk about f- in the winter with no taps on what <laughs> batter you in that you're just like to kick the ball about the streets and there's needles and everything lying about so I grew up with it and lived in flats and that with three brothers in the same room and that so Did you I, that? I had I've got three older brothers and I lived in the one bedroom with the same older brother it was coming in for nights out and that and I was trying to get my head down for games on Sunday um, were you always were you youngest? Sorry, I'm the youngest boy, but I've got there's six years. There's I've got an older sister, younger sister, and three older brothers. So it was oh. carnage. And would the older brothers take you out to play football? Nah, they used to. They used to take me out. We had a, a school across the road from where we lived, and they were all bevying and Friday nights and that. So I would go and have a kick about. They'd all be blitzed, and I'd be driving, like, going past them and that, and they would pick me up and. Because they couldn't get it off me, they'd be picking me up and break my temper, but couldn't they do anything, they just used to slap me if I tried to do anything. Was there, was there ever a danger of you ended up like your brothers on the drinking that, or was it always fit more? Quite possibly, because I think that's where I go to thank my mum and dad, because growing up in that that place, there was loads and loads of good footballers, like brilliant footballers, but 
they just went the other way. And I think my dad seen it at a young age that I had a half a chance. So when Villa came calling, like he, he got me out of there and took me away from it. Because uh, you were a Celtic fan growing up? Celtic fan growing up, big Celtic fan. It's like I said, growing up with the three older brothers in my family, they're all diehard Celtic. So I had no choice really. I was get that tap on and that's it. So and somebody them. told me Mo Kamara was your hero growing up. Mo Kamara, man. Who was your heroes? Uh, I'd probably say Larson and um, Marafchik, but I had a soft spot for Petrov because we'll touch on it later we'll on. But I would say probably growing up was Larson and... So when I've checked out a wee bit somewhat how you played as well as a, as a youngster now. Way better, way, way better. But he's the way I would like to play football, so that's how I took a liking to him. But I think Selic got him when he was older as well, which was unbelievable because it would have been unreal to see him in his prime. But he was probably the one that I liked the most, his free kicks and just setting up goals and all that. He was unbelievable. Would your dad take you to Celtic games? Uh, no, we never really went. Couldn't afford uh, it. We couldn't afford it, to be honest. So my dad, to be fair, everything that he he done, we got. But season tickets and that were just too expensive. So I just used to go to the odd game now and again. But it never really. I was always playing, to be honest. I was always out in the street playing myself. So I never really. If it was an old forum game, I'd probably go in and watch it and then go out and and play after. But I never really bothered at that age about actually going. It was always about playing outside. Uh, see, when you were younger, was it you obviously said Villa came in for you, but we never interested for Celtic. It's mental because you probably know, remember big Drew, is it Drew Todd? Drew Todd, uh-huh. I played a couple of games for his team uh, with Selic, but I was still playing Sunday League. Um, and something happened one night because none of my parents drove. So I came back for a game in Aberdeen, I think it was, playing for Celtic. And they dropped us in at Park Heed, and obviously I live in Airdrie. And I had no lift home. So I had to like, phone, luckily one of my brother's mates came and, and got me, but I was just took back to Park Heed and left there to find my way home I think it was 11 or 12 I was at the time but I'd trained quite a bit at Hamilton Palace with um, Hugh McGovern and old John McStay and all that mm-hmm. so I was training but I'd been playing a couple of games but I'd playing the Sunday for my Sunday league team and then when that happened my dad was like right you're, you're not going back and that was hard because we're diehard Celtic fans as well so that would have been the, the best the thing of day for me to, to go there and, and hopefully try and break through but after that happened, my dad was like, no, that's enough. And it was failing about the same time as Villa were asking, so. See, uh, see that upbringing you had? Mum and dad never drove, had to get places on your own. You think that helped you later on in your career as well? Aye, I think it, um, because you see loads of players nowadays that are, have, they've been brought up with way money and they probably don't get as much drive as some of the boys that I know if back came and that are doing, the Scottish boys that are doing well that have been brought up with nothing, I think. It's it drives you on that wee bit further in games and gives you that passion and all that because you're fighting for when you're boring to to when you die really you're always fighting it's just the way you've been brought up so I think no having motors and we weren't like skint but we were like pretty poor and my mum had there was six years so it was like it was a hard a tough upbringing but I think it's helped me in life going forward so see the whole time you were playing was the aim to have a nicer house and have a better life is that why you played football? No, it was, it ne- at a younger age, it, I never really thought about it like that. I just loved playing football and obviously as you get older and you get you start getting money and that, it's obviously good and that. But when I was started to realise about money, I think it was Mary trying to repay my family back before anything. And um, I think I'd done that at the age of 21, which was massive. I got my mum and dad a first house and 
Coat Bridge, but they were doing here at the time and I bought a house back in Coat Bridge for them to move back with all the older brothers because they had grandchildren in that. And I was like, I'm I've grown up now, you've done everything, so you can move back with Amy and watch your grandchildren growing up. Brilliant, I think she was mate. back six months straight back to Birmingham again, hated it. Did you? Why? Because doing in Birmingham it was like nice house. Um So did Villa move your mum and dad down? They did. They moved us doing it first and then as I signed YT uh, as I moved for YT my first pro, I then they went out of that house that Villa were getting and I got them a house rent, just rented a house in Birmingham for them that was nice. It was peace and quiet for them and then when they went back it was my brothers banging on the door, steaming with the wains and mm -hmm. they hated it. So they went for nobody annoying them to back to that and they lasted six months and moved back. That's a great feeling, maybe not to buy your mum and dad a house not as well. Eh? That was the best thing ever, obviously like they weren't really we were living in a flat that had three bedrooms and there was it me, is. my older brothers and my sister. Luckily my oldest brother was just out at the time, so there was three three of the boys and two of the lasses and my mum and dad in the house and there was it was, it was an up and down flat, it was terrible like. And um so that's all we knew and then to get them a house in Coat Bridge, it was in a nice new house house in a state as well in Coat Bridge was Brilliant. Well, that's brilliant. Uh, so how did Villa see a wee guy in Airdrie play? It's mental. Um, I played for Lindsay and Kirton Tulloch. I, I don't know how I ended up playing for the them. Porsche boys? Uh, they were Porsche. <laughs> they were really good though. They, what did they be in a wee Ned for Airdrie? They loved me actually. They, they all took to me. The manager of the team, Ian Stevenson, was unbelievable for me. Because like, like I said, I never, we ne never drove, so it was a farty travel as well for like, Coat Dyke to um, Kirton Tulloch to where we trained Tuesday, Thursdays. The manager used to come for Lindsay, pick me, and I got because I was the main man in the team. I got a few of my mates playing for the team as well. So he used to come out, pick us up Tuesday, Thursday, take us to training, and always took us to a garage after training in Lindsay. Gave us a pound each. There was three years, pound each, and into the garage. Got Iron Brew, Chris, Drew, dropped us back home, and then he had to go back home. He was about 50 odd at the time, he's an old, old guy, he's, I still keep in touch with him now, he's brilliant, he was unbelievable. It's, guy, it's mad how guys like that can make a real difference in your life and your career, eh? He was brilliant and to be fair, I've, we went to work, like, many World Cups and everything, so they were a rich team, like you said, it was a good area in Scotland, so we went to all the best tournaments. And I think they were affiliated with Villa, they had, like, so all the good players would get trials at Villa because there was a scout in Scotland called George Grace, that was at Leeds and stuff and he ended up at Villa. And I just so happened to like, do you want to go down to Villa and so they can have a look at you? And um, that was it. I went down, I had a week's training at 13, I think, and then they decided they wanted to sign me. But I was just getting to the age where I was on that periphery, like going to the, 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 ice, the ice skating at the time capsule discos and that on Friday nights. I was at high school, first year at high school. So I was like, start to enjoy that side of life. Mm -hmm. But my mom and dad gave me no decision really. I obviously didn't really want to go, but they so knew you, what. So you didn't really want to go down to Villa No, really, because I was starting to obviously, no drinking of that, but I was going to discos. I was actually had good, good mates at high school and that. So it was hard because I was getting to the age where I was able to do things that I was I could do myself. And then I got, took away from it. So the first like three, four months I was, I was taking it out with my mum and dad when we were in England. Just so you were falling out quite a lot? All the time, I fighting with my younger sister because it was just me and my younger sister. And when we moved in at first, we were in a worse flat than we were in Scotland. Like it was two, no, it was one bedroom. So my mum and dad had the bedroom, me and my sister were in the 
block bed in the living room. No way. So we were fighting. When they went to bed, they, we were battering each other. Gave a lockjaw one night with a headlock. <laughs> <laughs> my lock had been battered me, so it was a nightmare. So Billy got you that flat? No, because... I've been coming down to Birmingham for years and years before Aston Villa because I've got family down here, my right. mum had family. So we used to come down here in the summer holidays instead of going to like Spain or something. My holiday was Birmingham. Birmingham. So we had relatives down here that actually supported Aston Villa so it was lucky and my auntie that lived in Birmingham was rich and she had a wee flat just so that we could it was just a stopgap to just find something Villa put it, before Villa could put us into something. I think we were in there for a year or so and it was carnage. It was above a pet shop so wait, my mom was doing washing dogs and that during the day <laughs> with a woman in the pet shop and we were at school and then coming back and I never had any wanted to play the PlayStation couldn't we only had one telly and that so just ended up going to the park playing football and then Do you think that probably helped you the fact that you never had a PlayStation you were always just out playing football? Probably did I because you see the kids nowadays and they're never off it are they? They've got the iPads uh, but growing up I was never really maybe football manager champ manager in that when I was before I left to come down to England, but when I come down to England, it was just football. Uh-huh. Uh, how did you find it full time at Villa? Enjoying it? Brilliant. It had was... a good set of lads, it was yourself, James Collins, McGurk, who went and played for Adam McGurk, Collo, there's been loads that have come through. I was lucky to be in a good team. Kieran Clark, Wyman. Wyman, uh-huh, good. All Brighton's won the Premier League, he was in the team. Delfonso's fell away a wee bit. Oh, Delfo- Nathan Delfonso. There was uh-huh. loads. Were you the John... top youth team at the time? Aye, we, we get beaten in the Youth Cup semi final with Chelsea. But we won the league, we won the reserve league and all that that year, but we just never won the Youth Cup. But there was loads, there was Jonathan Hoggs, captain at Huddersfield as well. So even ones that weren't really getting a game in our youth team are like playing in the Prem and that. Now it's, we had a really good team, but they were all good lads as well. Um, He's we, could, to... we couldn't really because the, the, the youth team manager was Scottish. And was Kev McDonald, he was my manager at Kev, Sunday. Kev was he, the resi, he was the resi manager, but he was the one we were all scared because... Mm. We were good in the youth team, so we were getting pushed into the resi, so we were way Kev Mayer than the Tony McAndrew, the other Scottish guy. Um, so we were all scared of Kev, because he was nuts like. But he, Would he that, go through you, is it? Oh, unbelievable. So if we were out, sometimes he used to sneak out on Saturdays, and because I had a house with my mum and dad, I would get some of the boys to, like my mum and dad would phone the digs people and say, he's Andy and Colo and that are staying at mines tonight, because they weren't allowed out past a certain time. So my mum would phone them up, she, the digs people would be at right in the bar, so all the boys would stay at mines, we would go out. And then we'd go in Monday morning and you knew straight away that Kev had found out for some reason that we were all out in Sutton. He used to go through his man, so we never really, we were well behaved to be fair, we kept in line, but... He was a scary guy, mate, he had the reddest face ever, I used to think he washed his face with deep <laughs> <laughs> His face was so red. Al Jack's face. <laughs> uh, he was, I wouldn't say that to him, he was brilliant uh, with me though, he was at... Really I liked t- his training and that mate, it was good. He was brilliant, he was tough on the boys to be fair, but I think that's the old school way and that's the way you need to be. I think we're too mollycoddled now, like you get away with everything, but boys, we used to clean boots and everything, get boot money at, the, at Christmas after the Villa players and used to be buzzing because it was more than what you were getting at the time, your weekly age. Like, mm-hmm. I remember I was cleaning, I think I got lucky one year and got Petrov and Rio Cokers and I ended up getting a grand. Did you? Huh? 500 a man after two of them, so... Things like that, you don't see that anymore, they're not allowed to clean your boots or anything, so Kev was brilliant keeping us in t- uh, intact and I thought he, it, it helped the boys now, Look, you can see how many that have came through and went on and had good careers. I spoke to James Collins who played in that youth team way you did and he said that you were head and shoulders above everybody else, would you agree with that? That's because I made him look good, that's probably how he's <laughs> saying I got him so many goals. Um, 
I don't know because there was lo- there was there was loads of good good players in that team. We had Albrighton that's been on and and won the Premier League. That was very very good at that age. We had Delfonso. That his career probably never went the way everybody Blackpool thought. Blackpool that he played to, didn't I think he's at Blackpool at the minute, and he was probably at that time. Colo and Wyman won't mind me saying this. He was probably the best out of the three, mm. but they worked harder, I think, in training. And I think Nathan's natural ability was better than theirs. But they've got more out their career than Nathan is, I think. And and did you have both Baz? Were you were you a talented one that would work really hard? I had to because. A lot of people, if you look at me, would say he's too small. So did you ever I got get, did tagged you that with it. Out? Quite a lot under Martin O'Neill when I first went to Villa. Coming through, there was questions. I think when I signed my first pro, he said something to my mum and dad when they were in the room about my height. My mum and dad obviously went, you've got your contract and that, but he's worried about your height. And then since then, I've never done the gym, as you can see. Like, I've never in the gym. It was just determination and running that bit further than try to run further than everybody and be a nuisance rather than try to tackle and, and throw people off the ball. I was never going to be able to do that. I just had to try and find ways of people looking and saying, oh, he's working hard, he's been a nuisance. Because I knew technically I was probably good enough. You remember the first call-up to go and train the first team? I do. I was petrified. Um, I think it was... I was only about 15. I was actually cleaning up the bibs and that. And it was David O'Leary. It was before Martin O'Neill. I was really young. And... Um, I was out cleaning, the, getting the water bottles and that in for the boys and I think somebody went down injured luckily and I was out there and the, David O'Leary was like, come in and I stepped in and I think I was left back or something and I just vaguely remember the ball got booted like 40 feet up in the air and it was coming towards me and I just had an unbelievable touch at the sky and they, they stopped training and everybody was clapping their hands and that and I was thinking, this is unreal, that could have went anywhere and it just, <laughs> from there on I thought, I need to get in this team really and that was a that was unreal just seeing everybody stop and clap Were you buzzing when Martin O'Neill got the job? Obviously you said your family were massive Celtic fans I was obviously growing up he was a massive hero he means obviously leading Celtic to other titles and that my family loved him my brothers and that were buzzing so he got the job and then I was just coming through the youth team reserves when he got it and um, obviously he was an unbelievable manager at the time and he signed Petrov was one of his first signings so I was, I remember Stan coming into the training room, I was in, on the bike in the gym and um, he's walked in and I thought, Phew. he just had a glow and everything about him. I was like, wow, that's unbelievable. Like, just couldn't believe that he was there. And um, I think Kev introduced him to me straight away that day saying there's a big Celtic fan in the bike. Stan came out and ever since that day, we're still, we're still in touch now, I play golf with him in Birmingham and uh, his wife's an interior designer, Paulina, she done my house in that, so... I still speak to him now and just since that day getting introduced to him and him like me being set back he's, he's been brilliant Right. Uh, did you tell Martin O'Neill you're a Celtic fan? I think Tony and Kev were the ones because I was a wee bit scared obviously didn't know what to speak to them uh-huh. so I wasn't like your typical Airdrie boy where they're loud and I was more like because the way my brothers were in that I was completely different my mosh said that my younger sister should have been the boy and I should have been the lassie so that I was a wee bit I would just sit in the background, but Tony and Kev let him know. And he came out and spoke away and spoke about all the titles he'd won and that, giving it big time. <laughs> would, he, would, he, would he give it a big one, wouldn't he? He wasn't really, he was just saying, um, he's a going to miss me and stuff like that. And I was just pissing <laughs> myself laughing. Uh, and what about your mum and dad when they met him? Obviously, he said about your height, but were they a bit in awe of him as, as well? My dad was, my mum, 
talking crap about football. She comes to every <laughs> single game and she doesn't have a cut Scooby Doo about it. Did she not pull Martin on the up once when you were on the plane? I think she's pulled that. She's probably done it to every manager. She's done it to the new gaffer here. He was only in the door two days. He came in um, <laughs> when I was in getting a stratum. I think I was touching goal where it to play, but I wasn't in the club. No, I tell my mom I'm struggling, but I'm going to play. So the gaffer's walking past her, his first game in charge, and um, she's shouting, Steve, Steve. So he's been earned. She's like, is he playing? Did he get, did Steve Bruce won the Champions League in that? Is he playing? He's like, who are you talking about? She went, my son, I'm Barry's mum. Oh, and he's like, yeah, why, why wouldn't he? Oh, he's been injured. He's telling me he's struggling. No, he's playing, he's playing. <laughs> so he's come in and I'm in the treatment room, just sitting getting treatment. He's like, is that your more? Just met your more, I think, and I was like, was she swearing? He was like, aye. I was like, aye, that's my that's more then. <laughs> Brilliant. So aye, she did, she did. There's another belt of your story as well. Um, in the players' lounge and that, obviously, Airdrie people and there's, there's like, all the people's maws and wives and all that. Aston Villa, Dan Bent, signed for 27 million. And um, she was in the players' lounge and she can't, if she wants to say something, it doesn't matter, it's coming out. <laughs> so she said, I love uh, your mum. She said, <laughs> she said, uh, Dan Bent's document. And she heard them speaking to somebody like slaughtering the players, ah, the services, shit, this and that. So she's heard it for a distance, walked out to him saying, Sorry, Mr. Bent, um, what was that you were saying about the players there? And he was like, Oh, no, I didn't. And she went, uh, It's your son that's fucking shit, no, my son, my son. <laughs> Don't you blame my son and all that. <laughs> So I've come, in, come up to the players' lounge and um, she was like, I, fuck, I went out and tell him where they knew, tell him what I thought and that. And I went, how? What happened? She was slagging you, saying that, that no getting chances for them and all that. And then after that day, they were best mates. Oh, he really? loved her. They got Dan Bent's... Do you, get anything, do you ever get anything back for the players about her now? Ah, they all know. They all know. Oh, they all know. Like, they just <laughs> say she's nuts. So at whatever club you go to, if you know any of my ex-teammates, you'll... <laughs> If you bring my moz up, they'll, oh, they'll know. Uh, right, on to you, <laughs> away from your mum, although she sounds a bit better. Um, when you first got into Martin O'Neill's first team, how daunting was that? Some big players, as you said, mate, Petrov's. It Ron Var, was it Ron? Ron Var Lana, was there. Uh, he was captain. John Carew. It was unbelievable because some of them had played in the Champions League and that. There was James Milner's, Ashley Young's, wow. people like that have went on to have Gareth Barry, Petrov, Gareth Barry, what a player. Gabby. There was loads, so breaking through the training was that good that you were kind of scared at the start because you didn't want to really do anything. But then there were good pros there, like Stan and people like that would come up and say, just do what you're good at, do what you've been doing in reserves. So see when you saw it interrupt, but see when you first went up, would you just play safe? I would just it? play safe because I could see like sometimes I was learning for like, the other young boys, they were getting it away and they wouldn't, the first teams would be all over them like, shouting and that and I was thinking, I don't really want that at the minute, to be honest. So I was just playing one touch and just keeping the ball moving, passing simple when normally I would try and create a chance or try something. So it took about three or four weeks before Stan and Ashley Young and people like that just, just like, don't worry about getting it away. Like, we all get it away, we'll shout at you and that, but it's no anything against you. Try and do what you got brought up here for. And ever since then, I just tried things and to be fair, they all... To be fair, the first team players were brilliant with me. They took to me straight away, and I was probably one of the younger boys that 
I was probably, you know, when you get the younger boy that's in with the first teamers and then yeah. you've got the other ones that they, they just don't speak to. I was the one that would be on night suit and that with them and, and all that, so they were brilliant. And see, when you started playing your usual game, would they come up and buzz off you? Would they say it? Yeah, they were brilliant. I, like, they were really good with me, because like, obviously their, you look at their careers now compared to mine's, but when I was training with, with them at the time, they were buzzing off me, so it was like... I felt a big party at that time and I thought, I'm going to be flying here. So, and now you look at some of them and they've won Premier Leagues, Gareth Barry's got the best appearances. Who'd have been the best, Gareth Barry? I'd probably say Gareth Barry, but... I love Gareth Barry, mate. He's I would say Ashley Young was brilliant as well, and James Milner, but Gareth Barry was unbelievable. You couldn't get near him. and You would see him in games and then when you train with him, you would think, Nah, he's way better than you would see what you would think he was in games. But then, then you go and see what he went in Man City and things like that, and won titles and played. He's played the most games in the Prem, so he's in an unreal career and he's some guy as well. Uh, what about uh, when you made mistakes in the first team with Martin Neil Gomadie? No, he was never really there. Was it John Robertson and Wally? Robbo and Wally? But they were sound with me, so I could I know how to take them. They would just swear in that, but I was used to it for Kev Mack and Tony Mack coming through. So the gaffer was only really. Because his wife was, I think, no very well at the time. So the gaffer would come in Thursday, Friday, and you would just see training rise that extra bit because he was there in the side mm -hmm. at the start of the week. Wasn't he really like a mess about? But after the gap, when the gaffer came in on Thursday and Friday, you've seen it just go that bit extra. See, even the big players, Ashley Young, your Gareth Barry's crew, were they all scared of Martin Uh No, no, really. They respected him, but they, they would, they'd have a bit of banter with him because he was actually. He was. Good. I don't know what he was like at Celtic, but with the boys at Villa, they had some relationship. I, I remember Wally, uh, he used to come in and say to Big John Carew and uh, Youngie and Gabby and people like that, because they loved going out in London and that. Won the day and I'll see you Thursday. Thursday. That was it, Big John Carew was out there chasing everything, <laughs> bullying everybody. So they'd get for the Saturday to the Thursday? But you could come in and he says, right, there's a... There's going to be Wally and that'll be in on Tuesday, Wednesday if you want to come in, but if no, see you Thursday and like you'd get John Carew going to London, Gabby, Ashley Young and then like Gareth Barry and people like that would go to holiday in Portugal and stuff like that and that's how they were, they were so good because I don't think they had to, they, they didn't have the training, they knew if they won at the weekends it was four or five days off. You said you went out on nights out with the, the, the sort of boys, would they, would they pay for everything, would they sort you out? Ah, never. I, I was normally running about young to be honest and he paid for everything. Yeah. He used to carry me out a few times as well because he could <laughs> he could drink. I remember one New Year's Eve, I must have backed out or something. <laughs> I got outside, just woke up in the taxi and he was there above me, like putting me in the taxi. And I was like, never again am I drinking my you. He was some drinker. Was he a top man actually? Brilliant eye. It was him and his wife putting me in a taxi and I was, I, I just remember like coming back up and he was there above me like, Get home, you've been you smashed and that. <laughs> and I was like, and then next day he just laughed Laughing about it. it and um we've had a good few nights out his quality. Brilliant. Uh debut, always ask. Remember your debut? I came on in Hamburg in the Europa League for Craig Gardner, I think. Did you know you were gonna play? Do you know you were gonna come on? No, I just thought I don't know I don't know what the circumstances in the game were. I think we needed a point or something to take it into the last game or something like that. And I think to be fair, Gard said to me before the game, like, I'll, I'll try and get you on. Brilliant. He was a top man as well. He, 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 his younger brother was in the team with me a year below, so I was close with Craig as well coming through at Villa. 
And he was a young boy as well, still in the team, but he'd played a lot of games. And he was like, I'm, right, I don't really, I'll try and get you on if I can. And oh, yeah, yeah. 30 minutes, 25 minutes to go, sure as he, he came off and the gaffer. Put Are you me warming on. up and he shouted in? He shouted me in and I, but you get that tingly feeling where you, you don't know whether you're nervous or looking forward to it. And I just, to be fair, it was. Uh, we you said it you before you went on, Buzz, Matt O'Neill? He just says, go and enjoy it. Um, do what you've been doing in training and and you'll be fine and that was it and he was a he was brilliant at uh, man motivation skills with players some of the things he would say was un unbelievable he knew how to speak to his players that was one of the best things about him and to be fair when you've got somebody that you look up to because you support Celtic being your manager and putting you on you're automatically getting on with confidence before anything anyway and then the other side of that could he lose it as well? he could I I've seen him seen him a few times he, he the old hairdryer would come out um, they weren't I wouldn't say they were scared of him but they wouldn't step out of the line they knew where they could go and that, where the line was so he, he did have a, a a bit of a naughty streak in him so did he ever give you a bit? no really no because I was written loan most of the time I wasn't in and around it enough with Martin to to get it off him I probably would have obviously if I was there but I was going out and loan and stuff like that, so I was just training and he would he was never really there at training and then in games I'd only played a couple where he never really shouted at me yeah. to be honest. I was but like, John Robertson loved boys I always remember it said he loved boys with life fitness. Did he, he like, like you John Robertson? He did I because when I was coming when I got pushed into the first team, I was a winger. I was playing wide then, so Robbo used to give me and Albright and tips. And um like you said, he took to me straight away, Robbo, because he liked small dribblers and that so he was used to give me tips and that and he I just remember he's, he used to smoke about 100 fags a day <laughs> uh, as you say you got your chance your debut under him but then you went on to Derby did you want to go or was it his idea no I wanted to go because I, I got like, two games with the first team I was training every day still playing reserves and Derby were they're a big team and they were massive at that yeah. time as well I just remember they had built a new stadium or something and it was Brian Clough, uh, Nigel, Nigel Clough. Clough, Brian Clough's his old man, the legend. So I was like, this is brilliant. 18, let's go on that. And um, so Martin pulled me before I went and was like, it'll be day of the world of good for you coming back next season. They're fighting, just, I think we're fighting above relegation, to be fair, in the champ. So normally, younger boys at the club were going out to like League Ones and League Twos. So I was surprised when I got pulled in and get told that Derby want you, it's a championship team, so I was like, wasn't, like, I need bother. Went there and um, that was an eye-opener, like, obviously you're in, my first day in training was outrageous, I went in with, um, first of all, I picked up at the corner shop by my ma's with a boy called Jordan Stewart, that would be in Premier League with less than that, so I'm waiting, he's like, I'll pick you up, no worries, a phone call for him, I was like, right, I'll just be in Tyburn Road outside my ma's, so I'm waiting at this this uh, corner shop and um, I see this like I just hear this mad noise coming down Tywin Road. It's a Lamborghini. Jordan, uh, Jordan Stewart had a Lamborghini Did at the he? time, so I've jumped in a Lambo for the first time ever, thinking, oh my days, what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> and um, it was the worst drive ever. He was flying into training, but I was shaking myself <laughs> hodding on in that. So I'm in, going into sweat, into training, sweating my first day. And I remember I've got in. Like, introduced myself to the boys and that's so, like nervous as hell and um, went into the toilet with a training kit and that one sitting in the toilet there a number two as you do like, basically <laughs> shaking myself <laughs> <laughs> and um, next thing you know woof, big fucking loads of water comes out of the tap of the 
toilet drenched, and I'm thinking nervously, what's happening here? <laughs> That's not what you need so I don't, don't like to go back into the change room because all the boys are there. Like, I'm soaked in that. So I'm shaking myself, like, sitting in the toilet for ages. Like, the training's yeah. nearly starting. Like, I want to phone my mom. <laughs> I want to come home. So I've walked out and I thought, I'm going to either have to grow up here or like, I'm going to get battered for the rest of my time here. So I thought, I've got to grow up. So I've just thought, turn into the energy boy now. So I've just walked into the change room and was like, who the fuck was that? And they were like, but like, kind of scared a wee bit Scottish accent and that. I'm like, who is it? Who are you ordering that? Who, who was this? And I see, like, Robbie Savage sitting, like, in the corner with his legs crossed, just pissing, he's still laughing. I went, was it you? And he was like, nah, nah, Welsh accent. Like, no, 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 it wasn't me. So I went, I know it was you, I can tell. I'll get you, I'll get you back. And that was it, like, just cut Did it you, were you, were you nervous when you were doing that? Oh, I was terrified, like stuttering and that, probably. That's how he's probably laughing at me, to be <laughs> honest. He's like, shut it, Daft. <laughs> and then but he's already right after that? After that, he was brilliant with me as well. Um, I think the next, I went out in training that day. Done well in training, then shooting at the end. It was a horrific day. I'd never wanted to go back after that day. Got soaked in a Lambo, shooting myself on the way to training. <laughs> soaked with Savage. Oh, what a day. So I'm doing shooting, and Roy Carroll was in goal, and I've, the boss had set up. Like laid after me and I've chipped him. And I've first day? Aye, and I've like turned round like jogging back to the back of the queue and the boys are like buzzing and that and I've seen the boys going, no, whoa, whoa, whoa. turned round, he's chasing me. Roy Carroll, chasing me. Yeah, Man United. Like swearing everything, like chasing me, I've had to run. I'm like, no, don't do that to him, he's, he hates hitting that. Chased and everything, I thought, oh my god, I was like being back in my agent, get me, get me back to Villa. How was, uh, how was Nigel Clough? Because we spoke to Johnny Russell and he said he's got some funny old school methods. He did, but I never, I remember like after I left, I was only there for like six months, so I never really, he used to play cricket or something. <laughs> so the boys dressed up in the pads and play cricket and all that. But I never really seen any of that. He was brilliant with me. He was a scary guy as well. Could he lose he it, was uh, a really scary guy. What's the worst you've seen him? Uh, I think he went mad at, might have been, it might have been Puff or Jay McEvely, one of the two. Mm. Mental and Puff, it might have been Puff and Puff's live. Who's Puff? Sir, Chris Commons. Chris Commons, right. He was giving him a bit back and I was like, oh my days, this is going to start a fight here. Mm. And Cough wasn't back and doing, I thought, oh, I've seen Kevin, people like that going mad, but he was not. He was scary, was he? But he was never like, I don't know whether it's because I wasn't his player, I was just on loan, he was, they, they were brilliant, so nice with me. And um, But he was a scary guy, but he was brilliant because that was me, my first time really in the, a big, like a first team changing room. So I had to grow up there and that was that was brilliant for me really. How did you find the championship? Because it was it's Land of Giants, isn't it? It was, it was, it was like I was, I felt like a wee boy going to play in games like, I think I came on in my debut against Sheffield United at half time we were getting beat 3 nothing or something and I scored straight away at Sheffield to make it 3-1 we ended up losing 4-2 but straight away the manager was buzzing all the boys took to me obviously when you score so straight away I was in with the boys and that got sorted then but it was tough league it was that hard like just massive man mountains I was playing wide at the time whereas in the youth team and reserves at Villa, I was playing in the middle and enjoying it in there but I had to play wide and change my game a wee bit, but it was hard because I never really had that. I was quick, but I was more sharp than quick, so I never had to knock it out my feet and get past, so I had to like, try and change, play what giving goes and that. And um, I think that helped me for further on in my career. Would you recommend young players to go on loan, huh? 
Definitely. I've seen some of the boys here, like, they've been here for ages now playing in the reserve league, and I think it's 23's league now. And it's just you're playing against youth teams. I watch some of the games here, and I say to some of the boys that I think that have got a real good chance, like, you need to go on loan, even if it's League 2, League 1, you need to go, like, you, you're not getting brought up properly here. So when you get through into the firing line, it'll be, like, you won't know what to do. So if you can, just go on loan. Mm-hmm. So that it's done me the world of good. Because you went on loan again to Blackpool. Uh, a wee promotion push. That was. See the guys that come on about Holloway, they absolutely love them. That was like a stag do. <laughs> it was literally a stag do, and we got promoted. Donkey rides on the beach. <laughs> we got promoted as well. Um, what a guy he is. Well, how is he when you first went? Did he sit you? Did he take? Does he take you in the office and, and talk to you? There's no office. There's no office at Blackpool. You're in. And he's motor. It's in a porter cabin, right? And amongst the boys playing darts, uh, just he was in the middle. He was crazy. He was like. <laughs> He was one of the boys, but probably the mentalist that was all. And um, but he was brilliant because you went in nervous as, again because it's new boys having to and introduce yourself and that. But he was in the mix, just hey, this is him, blah blah blah. For Scotland, he's better than he's all. He's here to take your place, Charlie Adam. So you you just you were in right away with him. You there was no like bedding in time. You were just in, and that was it. And um. He was brilliant. Um, would he? Would he? Would he like? Would he like the, like the boys going out together? Or not? I loved it. He used to take us the casino. He was in the casino all the time, <laughs> just eating. And he was. I don't know if he was actually a big gambler. I don't think he was. I think he was just went there and sat, sat, ate, watched whatever. And um, he used to take a lot of us, like come to the casino, team nights out in the casino and that. And um, he was mad for the the team spirit. And I remember he played. I can't remember what's that video where it's got the, the speech. Oh, uh, Al Pacino uh, uh, any, any given Sunday. Sunday. <laughs> he done that one when we were in a bad, <coughs> working through a bad spell at the time. He's, we went into training thinking, right, we're outside training. No, no boss or anything. Got a video of that in the video room. Watched that and him. Watched the full film. Watched the full film. He was there. <laughs> this, is this is brilliant. This is brilliant. This is saying. And we're like, you didn't watch this in the house. <laughs> what about uh, what about players wise? Who was who, who, who was top players in that Blackpool team? Charlie was obviously was the, the standout. Uh, he was um, I knew him because he Rangers obviously, but he never really had a good spell at Rangers. He he was obviously played a few games and then get shipped into Blackpool or something. But when I went there, he was phew, unbelievable. Like, what in training and that just everything. Like I think it was just obviously technically he's unreal. He's, Got great technique in that and can hit a ball. Old left peg. But he was everything. He was like picking it up deep, playing 40 yarders. I was thinking he could, like, this guy could be anywhere right now. Mm. And then uh, obviously he's moved to Liverpool, but Charlie was a good guy as well. Did he help you? Did he give I, you was bit of advice? He was brilliant. Uh-huh. Because I was younger than Charlie as well. So me, him, Crenzo, Stephen Crane, uh-huh. used to um, have a Sunday session in Livam every Sunday Big Charlie would be tanking the packets of crisps McCoy's <laughs> goes up to get the round comes back with six packets of crisps for his cell Big Charlie <laughs> so um, brilliant and then go and be the best player on the Saturday aye, he was un- unbelievable he could run as well you would thought because he looks a bit heavy in that but he, his running stats were unreal as well he was getting about the park as well so he was just one of them guys that could probably eat what he wants and then you can't complain if he's going out and running the show on the Saturday uh, what, so. about, what about non-playing wise who were good lads uh, I'm trying to think who was there. Was it Big Taylor Fletcher or that? Was it Gary Taylor Fletcher, Brett Ormerod? They were old school players as well. Eh? Were they good with you? Aye, they were brilliant. Um, Brett Ormerod was there. He was a top man. He was um, used to come in like 
he used to come in like a smack he'd basically <laughs> bet like, you would think he's just coming off the street and how can this guy play football and then he was he was brilliant as well he scored some massive goals for us but that Blackpool team was crazy because you used to look at them you had people that looked overweight people that looked as if they'd just come off the street and then you would go and they would, we would hammer teams at the weekend you would think oh. but they were just it was team spirit and once you get on that wave it's hard to, to get a team off it and they were they had quality, obviously, but I think Cardiff, we beat in the final that year, finished something like 17 points above us in the league, and we beat them in, at the final. How's it? How's Holloway's like team talks now? He's mental. He's actually like nuts. Like it's more motivation because he's, I think he's got two kids that are deaf and dumb, so he's yeah. had to learn sign language and all that. So it's more like he's had to battle. So he tries to get you to look at it from that perspective and you would you would you could see where he was coming from like you would he's saying it's not life or death I've got two children there that are deaf and dumb I've had to learn them learn how to do sign language and all this so he was like just go out there don't worry about anything just give your all and stuff like that and to be fair he, he was brilliant for a player like you that who likes to try things that's great to he, hear isn't it? Uh, you could try it he would never shout at you for he would he would tell you to do mayor but he just wanted you to work your nuts off and uh-huh. that's what I think they'd done. Like Charlie would be, Charlie used to shoot for any day in half every game. <laughs> every game he would have a shot for 70 yards. Normally being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out of pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss and Holly wouldn't mind that wouldn't mind it no because he he, he he was massive on flair right. uh, you got on the wrong side of him though after it was at a cotton night out <laughs> you got I, mad at him I broke my tone obviously because normally he's like bubbly and having the branter and that I thought nothing ate my brother one of my brothers came down from Scotland to watch a game and I broke my toe against Leicester and that day and I think we went, so we planned and going out because my brother was coming down. And I thought, oh, I can walk, I'm out, get a few drinks down, me, I won't feel it. So I was out and I ended up, we ended up in a gay bar called Flamengo's in Blackpool, <laughs> right in the middle of Blackpool. And I must have got spotted or something and it got back to him. And I went in on the, in the Monday. And um, he was like, you out at the weekend? I was like, no. 
So I you were. I said like, I was there, and he was like, "Don't lie to me. I've got the email and the tweet that somebody took a picture of you. Were in a gay bar, weren't you?" And I was like, "Yeah, my brother was doing it." And I went out, and he says, "Your toes broken, going nuts, shouting at me." I, think, I don't know if he find me. I'm not sure, but I never played. And see I never when, get back in the team. See, when you weren't getting back in the team, you're the type that would go and see him and ask. No, never. Just sat there. Kinda. I'm a bottle job for things like that because I've the whole way through my career, I've had people in training saying, "Why are you not playing? Why are you not playing?" And I'd be like, "Don't know," but I would just keep my own training. So, I, like, I'd been probably the best in training most of the places I've been, and the boys would be like, "Just go and see him in that," and I'd be like, "No." So it's probably. Hampered me in a way because you might be seen as the easy. He's all right. He's not going to come and see come me. And whereas others knock the door, and I've seen it now as I'm getting older. I've realised I maybe should have, but you live and you learn. But I've seen fate, like previous clubs and stuff. People that probably ain't as good ability-wise, but because they'll they'll cause a, a fuss, they'll they'll get the edge. So maybe looking back I should have went and seen it but I was never one of the players to, to go and you've always had your mum to do it for you haven't you aye she's <laughs> they don't like you on the rang end of her you got on in the playoff final against Cardiff how good a day was that brilliant I was obviously after that occasion I found it hard to get back in the team because I was playing every game and then broke my toes so I was out for six weeks went back to Villa for my rehab came back and they were flying they were flying Blackpool Ended up getting to the final and before the final I was getting on every now and again and I was just wishing at the final I had 30 odd people doing for, uh, I had to put a bus on for people for my family and my mates and all that for Airdrie. They all come down and I was just praying even if it's a minute just please let Your me go on. Your dad nearly never got on as well eh? No, he, he fainted. That's, it was roasting in, at, at Wembley that day. He was obviously steaming <laughs> and it got too much and I think he fainted F before it going in, walking it. Wembley way nearly nearly passed out and nearly missed it so I think he stopped drinking that day he'd have been raging because he, he couldn't drink my mum was like right that's you name here <laughs> and then what did Holloway shout you into going shouted me and I was warming up and it was getting later and later and I was thinking I'm not going to even get on here but I was thinking do I really want to get on because it's free tour or something I think it was I was thinking oh, if I get on here I was just thinking please get on my family and everything they're watching I got the last five six minutes and I just remember Cardiff were I just remember chasing the ball, thinking just chase everything when you got on there. And it was unbelievable. The place was full of tangerine, there was loads of Blackpool fans and that's probably my best moment in football. Was well, it the best moment? Even though it? I never played a big part of it, you st I still, because we were that close and he made you feel part of it, even though when you weren't playing, I still felt like a big part of it. And I was only on loan as well, but I thought I was a Blackpool player at the time and it was an unbelievable feeling. It's mad how you're desperate to get on, but there's still that feeling of, have I gone here? And they look, score. It's going to be my fault. Always, even, even, like when I've been playing with Scotland now, even when I'm experienced now, I still have that, that feeling. But I'm not a nervous boy. I'm like one of the boys in the changing room that will be fucking about before we go out and play. Like five Relaxed, minutes before, like, I'm not scared. Obviously, you go out and playing, but you just have that side thing thinking, what if, what if. It's and good to hear somebody like you who's played at the Premier League that still thinks of that as well because obviously we, we get it with boys in League 2 do you know what I mean and it's, it's good to hear It's always there in the back of your, your mind like what if I go on and this happens or this like I took a penalty for Scotland and missed it and luckily Nasey scored the rebound but so I'm not there I'll, I'll take penalties and all that I'll definitely do it but it's, you've always got that feeling like what if, what if it doesn't work the way I want it to work Right back on the playoff final uh, how was it in the dressing room after it? Uh, mental 
I can't even, it was ages ago. Did you get emotional? No, I never, I was just loving life. He was doing dances, the manager was jumping about with Tyron, he's not doing mental dances and just beer phone everywhere. He was, <laughs> he's just mental. It was unbelievable. He was jumping about doing mad dances, like dropping to the flare and all that. And he, he was loving it. And for a lot of the boys, I think they were on, like, some of them were on less than a grand a week and all that at the time. And they were going to get like 270 odd grand like bonus and that. So they were, it was unbelievable for them. Some of them were like, played, because it was a team that the players that were on the low wages had played every game and it was a pro rata. Pro rata right. So they were getting, the, the ones that didn't, weren't getting the biggest basics were getting the most like on the the bonuses. So everybody would, they so were was all it great for you as well to see guys like them getting I was that buzzing. Big it was life changing like for some of them. Like, I think I would have probably been on the most money because I was at Villa and signed a new, a second pro contract. So I would have been probably one of the highest earners there at the time. So it was brilliant to see them getting rewarded because like oh, I'm work. a Premier League player dropping down that's probably got a bit more money than them but they were getting it that way and it was life changing for them. How was it after I was seeing your mum and dad and all the people fared in that? Did you think back to all the times that you'd been out in there playing and, and in, the, in the two bedroom flat? Aye, it was, to be fair, they were over the moon. Like Obviously my dad came back around a wee bit then and was a bit more sober and was alright. He just, I remember just getting out into the players' lounge, you know, and I'm just grabbing me, and it was brilliant, really. Um, that was a big moment because it, it felt as if you were. That's that's. I was only 21 at the time, and I was on loans and things like that. But that felt as if right, you're a footballer. Now. Uh-huh. Uh, it's, uh, have you seen that? Did you know fancy a crack at the Premier League with Blackpool? I did. I actually wanted to go back because I had great mates there. I loved the manager. I loved it. It was the best. It was up until that point my best moment in football and the best club that I'd been at. Uh, so I wanted to go back, but Gerard, I think Gerard Hulia came in and never let me, so I couldn't, even if I, they wanted me back, Holloway wanted me back, but he never let me go. Mm. Done pre-season at Villa, and to be fair, he kept me and I thought, oh, I'm going to be stuck here and no playing, but he played me every game. And How was Hulia? He was brilliant, he took to me straight away, I was like one of his main men, so I went for no playing at Blackpool, getting promoted. Coming back, I had a good pre-season, but there was still like some top, top players there. And he just took a liking to me straight away and played me every game. And I never Did he tell back. you why? Did he tell you why he liked you so much? I think he, he, he used to like say I was like schools and the Iniestas. He liked the way I played. I think because he was for it was my first foreign manager. And obviously at that time, they've got a different philosophy of football. I think I suited the way he wanted to play. And, he just took to me straight away. So did he want Villa to pass the ball and, and play? He did, I changed it to be fair to him. He wanted his like, training was more technical based and whereas before, you know, at Martin's trainings, like it's all V Young and boxes and him and that was it. But he used to do passing drills and little technique games and that. So it was right up my street really. And obviously every day in training when we were doing the drills, I was good at them, so that probably helped me. Because Carragher and Gerrard absolutely rave about him at Liverpool, don't they? He was brilliant. Says he um, pushes you at the limit as well. He does. He, he was well respected, so he came to Villa and everybody was annoying him, like, because he, what he'd done at Liverpool and places like the previous places he had been, so he had that respect. He didn't need to shout, he just spoke, like, really quiet. Calm. But when he spoke, everybody was listening and he was, he was probably one of the best managers I've had. How did you find that <laughs> playing the Premier League every week, regularly? That was mental as well, because I went, like, 
obviously a boy fair Drew playing in the Premier League every week you're getting your mates texting you saying you've played against Man U but they all come down every week aye all the time but at the time I never because you're there and doing it you don't really I wasn't really thinking anything I was just it was just happening it was like a blur so I was just getting on with it and um, it was me and my mates that were like this is unreal what's enough, happening uh, and my family and that but because you're doing it you don't really you don't have time to think about it uh, who was it? Who was some of the best ones you played against that first year in the Premier League? Probably Scholes was Scholes the best. I, I would say Scholes, but I remember playing against Chelsea a couple of seasons later, and we got beat eight one. And Hazard was unbelievable. But it was a, probably my hardest opponent. He's obviously a top player, but you wouldn't think. But me coming up against somebody. Was Musa Dembele at Tottenham? Oh, he's a player, mate. How strong is he? Because normally I'm small, so I'm quicker and normally moving. Normally you're, no, you're small all the time, mate. I'm a midget, <laughs> I. Well, like, I can move quicker than most people, like, Most of the gravity, stuff. Uh, So, this was the first time I've ever seen somebody that can do the exact same as me. And he was a man mountain, he was quicker at turning. I couldn't, he was stronger, he was unbelievable. And I thought, I got dragged at half time. Never Did played you, again uh, for Palace. <laughs> <laughs> he ended my Palace career big Musa see in the Premier League do you still get guys that like give you a bit like or does that not happen in the Premier nah, League nah it's say the, the Championship They're, I never really got anything like I've never actually had anything like that to be honest and I'm a morning shit in the, uh-huh. on the park so I'm always arguing with people but I've never I've had it once and it was John Walters and I think that's how I never moaned again uh, he's meant you say, I, I think I was on loan at I think it might have been Blackpool and he was they done something and I've obviously been fake coat dyke and that I reacted straight away and he said, I'll see you in the tunnel at half time, just straight faced. And I was like, Oh no. So, so <laughs> the, the still twenty minutes to go in the half and I'm just thinking Sorry. he's gonna kill me in the tunnel at half time. <laughs> so I've got as soon as the whistles boy, I've just woof, straight up the tunnel. Did he get you now? Nah, he never got me. I was too quick. Thank he God. is a big he's boy, he disappointed well. me a bit. Uh, were you disappointed then when you went alone again in January after playing all the games? Aye, because obviously I fought under Hooley, but a big part of that was Hooley left because he had heart problems. Yeah. So he had to leave and Gary Mack got the job. And um, Gary McAllister? Aye, yeah. and we were starting to struggle a wee bit, to be honest, like before Hooley left. So I think Gary Mack just went for experienced and older people. And that obviously, because I was playing every week, I couldn't go back to no playing. So I had the, I had the feeling that I need to play every week again. So... I went, I got my agents to speak to them and I ended up going on loan to Leeds. Some great teammates you got to play with Snoddy. How much of a character is he? The biggest. Brilliant. I spoke to him this morning about you actually, he said he'd be a good laugh. He's probably up there with you. <laughs> no, he's better than me. Probably yeah. up there with <laughs> you uh, and Charlie. Nah, he's... He steals all my partner by the way, Snoddy. Does he? Uh-huh. Can imagine. Uh-huh. Can imagine. Uh, is he doing the prank, isn't it? Aye, unbelievable. I've got his stag doing the summer. Have you? New York. Oh, I doing it properly, yeah. Snoddy, Fletch, Big Charlie's gone as well, Russell Martin and all his mad oh, mates and magnificent. So, going on that, but uh, uh, he, there was some creations in that Leeds changing room. There was <laughs> some creations. Have you came across Billy Painter? Oh, but I played with Billy, it's windy. Some he's man, up there. he's mental, mate. Mental. Did he tell you the rock sack? No. Joke. So I went into the changing room, he's grabbed me. He's like, ah, oh, me and Snod's are a day after training. Come back up the road, 
picked up a hitchhiker, didn't we? Oh, I've heard it, mate. Hear it? Uh -huh. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I was sucked in straight away like that. I was in the back. <laughs> <laughs> so he was, he was right up there. And um, Snoddy, obviously, you know, pranking everybody and anybody. Who, 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 did you prank his mum? I was in rooms, I was in the room with my when he was doing it, but we were all just obviously watching and trying to hold the laughs in. He'd done, he done some unbelievable ones. Uh, he'd done Jimmy Bullard, didn't he, about the so soccer at um, Did he get Bullard, did he? Huh? He was saying uh, something like, we want you to dress up as a big fuzzy bear. <laughs> <laughs> Bullard's like, yeah, he's no bother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he, has he ever got you? I don't know. I, I, there's been a few phone calls where I've thought, but I've no... Because he's snoddy, I've seen him. I've just pied the person, so it could have been anybody. Mm -hmm. But um, nah, he's never ever got me. But I think he's got <coughs> he's got loads of people when I've been there. He, he got Craig Levine as well, I belt. <laughs> uh, no, he was kidding on to be Craig Levine <laughs> to sign a young boy for Livingston or something. It was fine. Oh, it's tremendous. Time. Everyone goes for it. It's when we were away with Scotland. We're all around the table drinking coffee and that, and he's just phoning up people and pranking them. He's a big way, isn't he? Oh, he's brilliant. He was top man at Leeds at that time, too, wasn't he? He was the main man, flying I, he was ahead, flying. Cutting um, off that right wing. He was the main man because Roscoe wasn't playing when I was there. Roscoe, it was Luciano Becchio that was the main striker for Leeds, so Roscoe wasn't playing, but Snoddy and Max Gradle were the, the main Gredo, people. I so him, uh -huh. I went for Villa thinking I'm going to be playing, and I never actually played, to be honest, because they're a good team. They had like I think it was Snoddy wide right, Max Gradle wide left, Bradley Johnson and, and Housen, was it? Johnny, Johnny Housen. Housen uh -huh. Remember that team? And they had Kilkenny as well. That was a decent player as well. So boy, I yeah. was just put, and they were. I shouldn't really have went because I went. And they were like fighting for the playoffs. They were flying, so they were never ever going to change the team. Did you ever get worried when you did go on and no play? No, because I never really bothered about that. A lot of people say, "What if I go here and I don't play? It looks bad. I'll come back and I'll need to go on loan again." But you get chances all the time in football. Every time you're training is a chance. So I was just, I, my self-confidence was good, to be honest. I was Wherever I went, I thought, I can play. I can play if I keep doing what I'm doing. Obviously, I never. Yeah, but do you, need, do you think you need to have that self-confidence to go? To go and make it? Because obviously, if you, some people could go on loan to these clubs, no play, and they could crumble it down straight away. I think so, I Because every time I came back from the loans, I always played the following season at Villa. So it, I was obviously doing it at the time, but Luckily, when I went back to my club and done pre-season and trained, I always eventually got back in the team. Uh -huh. uh, you went back, Alex McLeish had been appointed. Were you happy with that or were you raging that a Rangers man had been taken over? I was just happy it was a Scottish manager because I thought, buzzing, I'm Scottish, we'll talk about Haggis, I am doing that, I'll get a wee game in here. And so I was, I was happy, obviously, because he was Scottish, um, obviously done well in the game, so I was looking forward to working under him. And did he mention about the, the Celtic and Rangers thing there? No, really, no, he never, the doc was the one that used to, he loved Rangers, so me and him used to have unbelievable, I used to hammer them, but they were better than us at the time, <laughs> so, so I, got, I used to get it, I didn't, never really wanted to get in, me and Stan used to get battered after doc, Shea Given as well used to get a bit, because he was a big Celtic man, and um, so, nah, the gaffer never really brought it up, but it's me, so the doc was the worst for it. He played Alex Mugles, didn't he? Every game, every game until my drink driving and then I never played again. What did he say to you when you got done for that? <sighs> it was tough, obviously, because I was like... I may as well tell the story. Everybody knew about it. It was right, all in the papers. Um, went to Leeds. We played West Brom, went to Leeds that night for Birmingham. 
I drove my motor up, obviously never had a licence, but I was insured on it. The only reason I had a, had a motor was because I met a day my driving test and it got cancelled, so I thought I'll get the motor before the test, so when, the, when I'm passed I can drive that day. Got the motor, test got cancelled because of the snow, so ended up just driving the motor anyway, waiting on my test. Went to Leeds with Chris Heard, Carlo obviously. Um, few of the other boys, we played West Brom that day, drew one each. I had to be back in Birmingham the next morning because Lindsay, my old uh, boys club, were doing, I arranged for them to come down and play Aston Villa's under 12s. Right. And obviously I, had, I was going to go and watch it. So I went out in Leeds and thought, I'll either wake up the next morning, drive back early. But that never worked. So went back, went out, ended up steaming. I mean, Nicole never even came back. I came back myself, changed into my tracksuit and thought, I'm just going to drive back now, get a few hours, keep in my bed, wake up and then go. As I'm going out, the hotel went to the lift. Call was coming in right. for the night out. He's like, where are you going? And I'm being as stupid as he is. I was like, I'm going home. He should say, no, you're not, like, you're steaming. Staying here, He's like, right, I'll jump in with you. So I'm like, oh, no. No thinking in it. Like, he's phoning his missus, I'm coming home tonight and that. His missus is buzzing. And then ended up, Falling asleep and crashing, and then just remember then like obviously the police caught us and that, and then woke up in cells. My agent was outside waiting on us, and then that journey home to having to go. Back. My agent took me straight back to my mum's, and it was oh, it was the worst ever. Just because you can see that she's she was she was raging at me, but she was happy at the same time because I could have died. Uh-huh. So she was a wee bit relieved that I was, because she didn't know, she was making phone calls to the police because the tracker in my motor had said that it was, that what the tracker was set off and they, I think my missus at the time was phoning the, the tracker, the tracker people were phoning my missus saying, his car's on the M1, like, somewhere, and she was like, no, he's in Leeds. So they didn't know at the time, so my mum was more relieved, but she went through me and, that was the the worst thing was going back and facing her and seeing how lit down her and my dad and that were. That was the hardest part. And then obviously football, I never, I got, I think I had to like, I got fined three weeks wages. And I, they, they said, we don't want you in for a, about a week. So I was in the house for a week. Is that the lowest point in your career? I, I was just like, everything was going through my head. I could go to jail, anything. Or I could have killed somebody. It was like, and then since then, Right, you had to that that I had to grow up then because it was everything was on me. Because to be fair, I was doing really well at the time. I was playing Premier League, scoring, doing really well for Villa. So I was like flying, and then boom, straight down for that. It's mad how quick your life can change then. Just, something stupid, just in something stupid like that. So as much as as bad as it was, I um I grew I had to grow up from there on. Did Alex McLeish help me a wee bit? Or was he just angry with? You? Angry with me, obviously. Um, is there anyone it's that put their arm in trying to help you? The doc was good with me. The doc at the time was really good what's with he, me. What, what's the doc's name again? Ian McGuinness. Uh-huh. He was good with me. Um, he came round to my house and that, when obviously I was just there by like, myself and that. He was brilliant. Um, the players were good, really good with me, Stan and people like that. He actually went mad at me a little bit as well because I took him to a game like, a couple of weeks before in my car and I had no licence and he didn't know. So he went mad, but they were all really supportive in that. But I had to grow up for the on because after being everybody buzzing off you, it was everybody was against you and you, you'd a sink or swim. 
And you swam, mate. So Alex McLeish, when did you get back in then? I can't remember. I think that was that was quite that was close to Christmas time. I think and towards the end of the season, I think I got back in. I was in and around it and playing again, but it took quite a while to get to get back in his good side. So, uh, and then he leaves, and another set like Kiro comes in. Paul Lambert. How was he when he first came in? All right. <laughs> what was he not having yet first? No, he was. I played up until Christmas with Ashley Westwood, and then. We played, I played against you in the League Cup, remember that? Swindon? Mm-hmm. That was uh, uh, it, was Lambert. Um, we beat you, didn't we? Uh, <laughs> Alright. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, you had a good team, man. Aye, we were good, but you gave it a good. It was a close game, wasn't it? 2 1 or something. Aye, so I played every game up until Christmas, and then I just got dropped. And like I said, I don't really go and chap on doors at that. And he played, put Fabian Delph in with Westwood. So Delph was on the bench for most of the season that year, and it was me and Westy. And then Delph came in and played with Westy. Uh, I was just training every day, tr- like doing well in training, never ever got a chance again. And then come the end of the season, we had an end of season meeting. He was like, um, you're going to have to find a new place next season. Like, uh, you should do it in the summer before you come back. And I was like, all right, all right. And then he was like, but do it before you come back because um, you'll be in the 23s changing room and you'll be training with the 23s. And I was like, why? So there was like a couple of us, like me, Stevie Island, Dan Bent, Alan Hutton, Shea Given, and Zogbia maybe. There's five or six years that got bombed completely. Great five aside team that as well, They were all on loads of money. I was <laughs> the one that was in no no so much money. So they were all big hitters in that but since then I've I've that was it. I'd never ever spoke to him again and I so just, there was never a reason why you were on the plane or why you were totally... He just said they don't see me being in his plans for the following season. And But it, the thing I didn't like about it was I never done anything wrong or that. Trained hard every day. And then he's like, you need to try and get out before you come back because you won't be in the changing room. I was 22, 23 at the time, so I was in the changing room for a good few years and he was just wanting to throw me out the changing room. So there was no reason. And to fair, I seen him at a awards thing in Scotland and never said a word. Yeah. How hard is that when you've been at Villa since a kid and, and that's the way you need to leave? It was hard because I ended up turning into an Aston Villa fan as well because like, I there so long came through the youth, supported them and still do now but uh, it was hard because my family live in Birmingham I still live in Birmingham as well and all my mates are, that I grew up with like my good ages are all Villa fans so it was it was hard but maybe if I just stuck it out and done what Hutt's done I might have still been there because Hutt's got bombed and then ended up getting back in when a new manager came in but I don't regret it one bit now because I'm here and it's the best time I've had and And then your madman Holloway what did he phone you or agents I think it was through agents because obviously they knew that he'd like me because he took me to Blackpool and wanted me again and then I was did you go and meet him somewhere this time or was it just again straight into the club straight down it was deadline day because I was away with Scotland I had to fly down for the camp to sign it and go, go back to the Scotland camp so I was buzzing because I was thinking prep, I might have to go to the champ because obviously Aston Villa were struggling in the Prem and I wasn't playing so I was thinking I might have to drop down to come back again and then my agent's phone saying Crystal Palace have just been promoted. Do you fancy it? I was like 100% let's go. Holloway, my old manager, I know everything about him. So I went there, got the sack three games in, didn't he? Did he? Sacked straight away. Why? Has he signed you? I don't know, probably. <laughs> <laughs> probably seen my debut and thought right he needs to go. No, I don't know how. I think 
because they were they were bankers to get down, went they pass mm. that year as well. And there was only se- seven or eight games, and I don't actually know what happened. I never asked them. He just went, and and then I think it was was it Pulis? Pulis came in, yeah. Tony Pulis came in, so right up my street. Oh, did he just want to bash it along the hair? To be fair, he was that honest with me. It was unreal. He grabbed me in halfway through the season and was like, "If I was a managing a team." That was going to play football, you would be the first name in my team, but we're fighting for a life. So, uh-huh. and to be honest, I don't mind that if you're going to pull me in and tell me why that reason, I don't mind it. So I knew from then on that this wasn't going to be the club for me. But I'd only been there a year. I had another two years left, I think. So it was just trying to find another loan again. Uh, obviously, people always talk about the atmosphere itself. Is it brilliant? Unbelievable. The fans are. Brilliant. It's just that wee bit as well, like they're mental, that loud. I think it's because it's, t- it's a bit like Tynecastle, right, when right it's on the top of you, and they were unreal, and the changing rooms and all that are terrible, so it's like <laughs> a horrible place for teams to go, Come so on, that eh? played to their advantage, really. How, how was Warnock? Mental as well. I just remember, I remember one of his first games, I think it was Newcastle away. He was in the shower and he was giving it all the washing everything and that. I'm like, oh. I was disgusted, man. You don't normally see man, he's just coming in and showering me the boys. <laughs> Hairy back that, and everything, man. just as if he's one of the troops. I was like, oh no, man. One of the troops. So I was like, he's nuts. But he was pretty similar to Pulis the way Got he to wanted play, to play. Yeah. So I can safely say that the two managers that came in when my time there after Holloway were probably, in my eyes, were the worst like managers for the way for I you. play. And how, so, how is it hard when you're you know playing that that amount of time? That's the club where everybody was like, "How are you?" Like the boys were like, "How, how are you, you know playing? playing?" Like people like Zaha punching and people like that would come up and say, "Like I don't get how you're not playing and I don't know how you're not losing your head." But because they told me the reasons, there was nothing I could you do. Could, uh, I could just either toss it off in training or keep training and, and keep myself right really for when I get a move or something. How good Zaha? Brilliant. Is he? Brilliant, like, I don't think he actually, he knows what he's doing, but Balassi doesn't. Right. So we had two wingers that were unbelievable, but Yara, I don't know if he knew what he was doing, or, but some of the things he used to do were unbelievable, they would work. Whereas Wolf was a bit more, knows what he's doing, but I think up until maybe two seasons ago, Balassi was probably more effective until Zaha, like, Zaha's just went to a new level now, I think. Right. Maybe working under Roy or something, or being at Man U probably helped him as well. But he's been unbelievable. He was probably he's probably the best winger I've played with. Is he uh-huh. unreal? Uh, and then you went to Bolton again, another set. Like, what is it with you and Celtic managers, man? They follow me everywhere. I'm trying to get there, aren't I? But I can't. So they're coming to me. <laughs> How was it? How was Lenny? Good, really good. Um, obviously, he was a part of that team. That, that successful Martin O'Neill team was massive part of it. Um, so I was. Annoy him as well. Obviously. He buzzed him when you heard he wanted you. I, I was loving it. He phoned. He actually phoned me. It was deadline day as well, and um, he was phoning me saying you'll love it here. Parts is here. Johan, you'll play every week. And I was like, Bolton, there go. That's the first time in my career where I thought I could be on the slippery slope here if yeah, I go here yeah. and don't do well. But I spoke to my dad and that, and I was like, I need to go out because Palace. I'm not going to be an 18 man squad there. I'm just going to be doing nothing, so I was like, I'll give yeah, it a well, go. Uh, and obviously Lenny being there as well and phoning me up and telling me he wanted me was massive, so I was like, I'll go. 
play every week and just hopefully do well. And I think we st just stayed up at Bolton and I done well in the games. So, but obviously to play under Lenny as well was brilliant. He's good. Would your dad know go to the games with the Celtic taught on in it? My mum's best mates with Lenny now. <laughs> my mum's my, my, my best mates and my dad's best mates with Lenny. They met him at our playoff final when I signed for Wednesday. He was, I don't know how Lenny was, he was in the hotel after the game. Blitzed, my mum and dad were blitzed as well. I think they were talking about Celtic and asked them about Rangers and that and they, they, were, they ended up best mates. Mate, brilliant, eh? Uh, how hard was the financial situation at Bolton? See, because I, I, I was on loan, it never really affected me. Um, you were still, the money still going to the bank every we, month? We were, I was fine. I think the, the players at the time when I was there were alright as well. I don't think they were, I think they were just starting to struggle, but they were all getting paid and I think we, we weren't too bad that way, but I think it, they had to sell their training ground at the end of that season when I left. So that's when it started really, but it was all right when I was there, it wasn't too bad. Right mate, just before we're going to Sheffield Wednesday, just a bit about Scotland. Uh, just to touch on Scotland, uh, played quite regularly the last couple of years. How much do the caps mean to you? That's my dad, isn't it, Stratton? He strackles <laughs> my dad, loves me, still phones me. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody in Scotland will be on Twitter hammering me when they see this. I knew, oh, it, was he, cares, I knew it was his dad. <laughs> who cares, man? Still getting caps. Exactly. Are you buzzing to get them out here? Unbelievable, obviously. Growing up, like, playing football, that's the ultimate where you want to be. Obviously, you want to play for your country. And um, I think I got 27 up until now. So you've got 27? 27 or 28, So I'm, I was buzzing. I think it was on the Craig Levine at the start, but striking was massive, obviously. Because there was sometimes when I wasn't playing for, like, Palace and people like that, and he would still pick me and I would play. But he he was massive on training, Stratton. You would you had how you train her, and um, so I was going away and being a good trainer. He put me, he would he would play me. So, and see to be honest, none of the boys would really moan about it because I was doing well in training. So they were like, do you know what? You can't. If somebody's training better than you, you you wouldn't say anything, would you? Would so, he? Would he have, does he have quite a lot of one at ones with you, Stratton? Ah, uh, he would always speak to me, all always. But I think he was like that with quite a few James Forrest people like that. He was. I feel like Jay was brilliant with you, I mm -hmm. think, and he took a liking to me, obviously, with the 27 caps, so I was disappointed to see him go. What about uh, the debut? Proud moment? That was the Faroe Islands in Aberdeen, I think. Um, I literally played on the Saturday against Man U for Villa, old, uh, our place. I think we drew three each. I was playing against Fletch and Carrick, and I got money in the match, so I was buzzing for there. And then I got told I was in Scotland squad and went there and played and got money in the match that game as well so I was the top of the world that day <laughs> How's the dressing room? Good lads? Aye brilliant like, we're all the same people aren't we so it's different to like changing like club changing rooms because you've obviously got foreigners and it's different banter to the Scottish banter I think we've probably got the best banter about so it's unbelievable some characters like Snoddy the Griff Charlie Mulgrew who else? Craig's he's nuts. Great, you could, nuts uh -huh. you could go all day. Like. How's it? You had a couple of under twenty ones camps with Griffith. Do you know share the rooms on? I shared a room with him and then I got out there as quick as I could. <laughs> uh, I don't know where we were. We were somewhere abroad and um, I was sharing the room with him. He was on FaceTime all night. So I've said the next day to Starkey, yeah, I'm going to have to get out of his room because two o'clock in the morning, his phone's going to have that. Yeah. I need to get out. Starkey was like, right, move you. I think I've got moved in with Caddy. 
Mikad's in. So I ended up rooming with Caddy after this. Um, but I was in with the Griff, got moved out. Next day, we're taught before the game, before we're travelling to the game, we've got Dana team talking that, speaking about the other team. We're all sitting down, it must be about 10 minutes into this meeting, and the, the Griff just jumps up. Nick, want to room with me? <laughs> and <laughs> Starkey's going, What's up, boy? What's, what's up? <laughs> Everybody's got roommates, I'm out here, rooming myself. <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, that's because he made that. Just for day we're Did he pull you up now? No, he never said anything because I used to give, I used to I hammer him all the time, Griff, just yeah. about his barnet, but I can't really fatter him <laughs> anymore. Fuck it, on it. Is he, is he a ridiculous finisher in that? Big Stephen Flex? Unbelievable. Nate Backlift just side nettings for fun. And um, he was not, he was, he's mental, but he's a really nice kid when you get to speak to him and that. Down to earth, but he'd done some mental things. He'd done another thing. When we were with the 21s, we were coming up for a meeting, we're on the lift. So we're waiting till the lift gets to your floor. He just, he's at the back of the lift, just flies past, like, gets out past everybody, turns and just shouts, You seen Bolt? and starts flying down the corridor like, on, a, on a mile <laughs> of his room. Everybody's looking at each other, going, what? Oh, what a boy. Eh? Did the boys enjoy going away with Scotland? Did you Aye, like Did you enjoy I it? it? I loved it. I used to, because I went. I probably, if I played every time I went away, I would have 50 odd caps. So I was going away sometimes knowing I wasn't playing. And did that bother you? No, not really, because, like I said, it was either training here with your like, seven, youth team seven or eight team, teammates or go away and maybe have a chance of playing for your country and seeing your mates as well. So it's more like, I know it's, it's probably different for people that have got kids in that a wife and kids and going away and no playing to foreign yeah. countries when they could be on holiday with their with their wains and that. But for me I'm I was I'm single so I was like, what am I going to be doing? What? So that'd be an advert for a date that I had telling everyone you're single. Came away, came he's, a a shout. he's a shout. <laughs> does it annoy you when people do pull it though? Ah it does. Obviously you can't say anything because you 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 don't know the ins and outs. So obviously there could be injuries there might not be. But I was never one to to do that I went away loads of times and I think that's probably how Stratton eventually played me a, a few times as well because there'd be loads of call-offs and I'd be going every week trying my hardest to, in training and he must have just thought do you know what He's, he, he deserves a shot sometimes Did uh, last campaign obviously we got on Stratton just missed it did you think that was going to be the year that we'd done it? I, I thought we were so close I think we drew and we needed to win away didn't we and um, I thought that would have been the year because we were we're flying at the time to be honest we're getting some good results so, and uh -huh. you go out there thinking we're actually if we won this we're there so we just missed out in the end but he was he was unlucky because we were getting play. I thought at that time when I was in that squad that squad was getting places what um is his team talks not still funny when he was at Celtic like he used to have some weird team talks or... he is funny he's dead witty isn't he like, he's yeah. quick like after does he still slaughter boys in there no, really, no. Because nah. obviously Charlie, and when Aidan was here, used to tell me about him, but I never seen that side of him. I never seen him get angry at all, really. He never really got angry, but... Nah, I can't really Did the boys him. enjoy working under him? Loved him. Did they love it? Uh -huh. I think you've obviously got... You'll have certain ones that don't like a manager, but... Majority. That could be like me. I could sit here and sort of all the ones that I've not played under, but... I'm not like that. You've just got to like if you don't play, you don't play. Like you, I don't take to, take it out in the manager. It is what it is. So you've got people that don't like the manager because they don't play. But I thought his training 
this looks as if I'm going to be sitting up to him because he played me that much, but I'm, like, his training was brilliant and I thought he was a good manager. How about the boys a bit gutted when he left? I would say so, aye, because, like I said, a lot of that squad at that time, we just missed out for like we were starting to just get there, get there and he then got sick. Uh-huh. Uh, what's your highlight so far playing with the national team? Uh, probably say when we beat Croatia one nothing away. It was in the summer, and um, I wasn't playing. I just got. I think I got called in. I wasn't even in the actual squad, and I got called in late as somebody pulled it, and I ended up playing in Croatia, and they were brilliant at the time. Modric, you know, the lot. And um, we went out there and beat them, so that was probably the best result. But I would say my highlights, my my debut. Uh-huh. See, when you're getting all that stick, saying like Gordon Strachan's son and all that, is it hard to take? It is because when you look at it, you, no matter how strong you are, it, it, it does it annoys you, doesn't it? Because you want to say something, but you can't because you end up the bad one. So you actually want to say something back because the people that are saying it, I can guarantee that. Some, like, they probably not even seen me play 10 games this yeah. season and they'll just comment because I played in their team back games no, in the squad because he's doing well for them back there they've probably not seen my games or they've not seen the me. training how you've been doing in training and stuff so like that. they comment really without knowing if you know what I mean and you want to say that but you can't mm-hmm. but you're a strong enough person that off your back isn't it if not I'm all sort of sure. <laughs> uh, Sheffield Wednesday you're here now absolute hero with the fans how are you enjoying it? it's been an unreal like it's a great club, isn't it? It's a massive club, massive. Um, we had five and a half thousand at like, the game at the weekend there at Preston away when we were playing for nothing. So I didn't really realise how big it was until we got to that playoff final. And I think we had 50 odd thousand to Hull's 20, and they were trying to sell mayor, but wow. Hull wouldn't give them any mayor. So that day was, even though it's we lost, Carvajal, wasn't it? It was uh-huh. even though we lost, then it was the best day ever. It sounds bad because we lost, but the whole day, like on the way to the stadium, just seeing it fully, like Sheffield Wednesday fans, the atmosphere was unbelievable. And that's when I knew they were like a massive club and they're just waiting to get into that Premier League to take off again. Like Steve Bruce is the man to do it. I think so, I, well, he's probably just come in a month too late. We've just ran out of games. I think, think he would have made it if he came in a month earlier? I would say five, probably use four or five more games and I think we'd have had a right chance. I think it was only until the weekend that we were mathematically couldn't make it so I think we're three po- we were three points away from having a chance so I would have probably said about a month or I think we've only lost twice in 19 games since he's been in so and he's pedigree in this this league's brilliant so I think we've got the right man for the job So looking to go up next year? Definitely I I think there's a lot of players leaving in the summer out of contract and there'll be new people coming in but I think like we touched on there with this gaffer I think he's he knows everything about the league and you'll have players that he wants to bring in and get out and stuff so I think we'll be even better next year Right, Baz top man, thanks very much top man mate, thank you
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.